And we're back with the PGA Tour of Prophecy. It's Astrosplain's inaugural Senate Smackdown! Part 3. Hello, and welcome to Astrosplained, where we use Indian astrology to examine the lives of the famous and the infamous. I'm Charles, your friendly neighborhood astrologer, and back, 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 back again, it's my dear friend Travis. Hi, Travis. Hi, Charles. That's a great intro there. Thank you very much. I do what I can. Uh, So here we are. It's part three, the grand finale of our of our smackdown. Uh, What's on the agenda for today? Oh, the South is on the agenda. Um, We are going to be doing North Carolina, Kentucky and Alabama in that order. So why don't we get started? Let's do it. First up, the incumbent. This Republican named his dogs after presidents and his fists after prize fighters. From Jacksonville, Florida, it's Tom Tillis. And our challenger. This lawyer would like to object to his opponent's reelection. From Winston-Salem, North Carolina, it's Cal Cunningham. All right. First up, North Carolina. Uh, gosh, we have an alliterative, alliterative race here. Tom Tillis, Republican incumbent, and Democrat Cal Cunningham, full name James Calvin Cunningham. Okay. So Tom Tillis is just a bad guy. He's bad all around. He's bad on climate, bad on LGBT stuff. The way that I know him, though, is from a little incident about three years ago in May of 2017. I was a D.C. resident at the time, and I heard of a tragedy involving Tom Tillis in Anacostia Park, and I thought that was odd. Uh, turns out he w- had collapsed in a three-mile race in Anacostia Park in Washington, D.C., was taken to a hospital by ambulance, and was later that day he was released from the hospital. All right, so that's Tom Tillis. Now we have Cal Cunningham. He is a, was a lawyer, or is a lawyer, um, was served as a, in, in the military, um, and was actually a lieutenant colonel in the reserves, He met his wife in 97 and was in the state Senate, North Carolina, from 2001 to 2003. And in in college, he was inducted into the Golden Fleece Honor Society and the Order of the Grail Valkyrie. (laughs) What is this, Charles? I have no idea, Travis. (laughs) But I I want to be a Grail Valkyrie. And he, had, he got a Marshall Fellowship uh, to Belgium, um, where I used to live also. So I feel like a, a kindred spirit here. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. You even kind of look alike. Minus the whole being straight and serving in the military. <laughs> Just those little things. But what, I mean, details, really. 
All right. So he tried. He tried. He, this is not his first go around at trying to be in the Senate. So he tried in 2010. Um, but, no, that was a bad year for Democrats. So he didn't make it. But he didn't even make it through the primary. No. Nope. I'm trying to remember who did. I don't even remember. It, it, it some. It was a woman, I believe, and it was some woman that I had not heard of until I like did a little bit of reading about Cal Cunningham. So who's going to win out of these two? Well, before we begin, I would just like to say very briefly that apparently James Calvin Cunningham is a family name. Um, as I was trying to do a little bit of my own research on this guy, uh, I came across the fact that his family brick company was founded like back in 1809 by the original James Calvin Cunningham. So. That's kind of weird. Yeah, well, you know, the, the things we do to try to get information on these candidates so we can do a good rectification. So let's talk astrology. I thought we could start with Tom Tillis, uh, born August 30th, 1960 in Jacksonville, Florida. And I believe he was born at around 1025 at night. This birth time gives us an Aries ascendant with an ascendant point in the nakshatra of Kritika. I won't go into too much detail about Kritika people here because we spent a lot of time talking about this nakshatra when we talked about the birth chart of Roger Marshall, the GOP candidate out of Kansas, also known as Rand Paul, the sequel. Uh, <laughs> but there are some aspects of the Kritika nakshatra that uh, I think go a long way to explaining why Tom Tillis is who Tom Tillis is. Although, try as I might, I cannot figure out why he has a penchant for naming his dogs after Republican presidents. No joke. Apparently his dogs are Reagan, Abe, and Ike. But anyhow. Uh, just a few things associated with the Kritika Nakshatra. Uh, Kritika people are critical by nature. Uh, apparently, Tom Tillis keeps a a uh, jar of dum-dum lollipops on his desk. And if you approach him with an idea that he thinks is stupid, he gives you a dum-dum because you're dumb, see? How clever. Uh, exactly. But anyhow, dum-dum lollipops. Uh, they are, Kritika people are um, really obsessed about their own like physical fitness. They are workaholics. They sort of, and they they often have too much heat in the body. And I think all three of those things you can kind of see playing out in that episode in Anacostia Park where he collapsed because apparently he was exhausted and dehydrated and, and overheated, I think, were the, the uh, details on the medical report. So it was a, a very Kritika incident. Interestingly, Tom Tillis has had two wives, but he has been married three times. He was married to his first wife and then divorced her and then married her again and then divorced her and then married wife number two. And this is a very Kritika trait, uh, multiple marriages um, and sometimes to the same person. Mishaps to the body are something that we see with Kritika people. Uh, Roger Marshall, you'll remember, wasn't super injured, but he was in a train crash. Uh, Frida Kahlo, a famous Kritika person, uh, was hit by a bus. Uh, and with Tom Tillis, he wanted to go into the Air Force after high school, 
but he was in a car accident that left him too badly injured to serve. So mishaps to the body. Also, Kritika people are known for doing whatever it takes, you know, by hook or by crook to get their way. And apparently in 2014, uh, Tom Tillis used Cambridge Analytica to micro-target voters. And, you know, I didn't know Cambridge Analytica was even a thing back then, but apparently it was. And lastly, instability is a big Kritika theme. And, uh, and I think it's telling that Tom Tillis moved, like, 20 times uh, by the age of 17. Like, he never went to the same school for two consecutive years. So. so that's him. Now, what is that? So, okay, so we've got, like, an approximate birth time. Okay, fine. Let's talk about the actual chart. Like, do we think he's going to win or not? So he's in his Rahu Ketu period right now. Uh, his Rahu is in the Nakshatra of Purva Falgani, a Nakshatra very close to my own heart. And Ketu is in Purva Badrapada. And those Nakshatras are in what's called a sadhana relationship. Sadhana means turns out well. Um, so that's a good sign. However, Tom Tellis is in a Sade Sati period right now. And then if we look at his career, Amsha, um, his Rahu forms a bad yoga and is aspected by Mars and Saturn. So, the, so I would say that his chart, his electoral prospects right now are kind of a mixed bag. Okay? Okay. Let us talk about your friend and mine, Cal Cunningham, uh, who was born August 6th, 1973 in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And we're going to say he was born at about 8.35 p.m., this birth time gives us an ascendant in the sign of Capricorn with the ascendant point in the nakshatra of Danishta. And I'm not going to go into too much detail about Danishta people here because we said enough about them when we talked about Andrew Cuomo. <laughs> but uh, Danishta is associated with leadership and governance. Think of Barack Obama. Um, as well as legacies and inheritance. And I mentioned his like family brick company or whatever, which I think we can qualify as being under the Danishta like legacy slash inheritance buckets. Um, Danishta people are frequently sort of in new environments, new situations. They often feel like, you know, stranger in a strange land. And in Cal, uh, Cal Cunningham's case, uh, he, he went abroad uh, several times like as a student and later as a young lawyer, uh, which I thought was interesting. And then often, and, and also Danishta people are associated with the military and he's a veteran and also a reservist. So what about his chart? If this birth time is correct, he's in his Venus Dasha Sun Bukti. Uh, he's got Venus in the eighth house, but for Cal Cunningham, Venus is what's called a Raja Yoga Karaka. If you don't know what that is, give a quick listen to Astros Planing 103. All right. And also Venus is sitting in a nakshatra that she owns. That's good. And then in um, the Navamsha, that's a good placement for Venus. Um, and in his career Amsha, Venus is well-placed and exalted. Um, 
It is true that Venus is one of Cunningham's Chidragrahas. This is it's a planet that can cause some trouble, but Venus, the Dasha Lord, and Sun, the Bukti Lord, are in a Kshatra relationship that is very positive. The word is metra, and it translates to like friend. So on the whole, I think that he has a much better chart for this part of his life than Tom Tillis does. And so I am giving this one to the Democrats. Okay. Uh, well, that's an important race, so that's good to know. All right. Yeah. Let's see what these other charts look like. Oh, gosh. And we, start, we started with something uplifting, and now we're going to a race that I'm really just dreading. It's Kentucky, of course. You know what they say. In the black and bluegrass state, it's no holds barred. First up, the incumbent. This Republican puts the bust in filibuster. From Sheffield, Alabama, it's Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. And our challenger. This former fighter pilot has McConnell's seat in her crosshairs. From Cincinnati, Ohio, it's Amy McGrath. All right, so Mitch McConnell, I, I mean, I feel like so much is known about this man. He's the Senate Majority Leader, incumbent Republican from Kentucky. He's just awful in every way. Um, he had polio when he was a child. Uh, it almost bankrupted his family. He went to the March on Washington, which is really odd considering who he is. And <laughs> his first wife um, is a feminist professor at Smith. And of course, they're not married still. Um, and his second wife is, you know, through a grand act of nepotism, is the current <laughs> sec uh, Secretary of Transportation for the United States. All right. He's been in the Senate since 1985. Um you know, he just has this reputation of being power hungry uh, to the extreme. There are rumors that he has no respect for President Trump and just defends him because it keeps him in power. Um, so that's Mitch McConnell. Now we have Amy McGrath. And originally from Cincinnati, Ohio, um, significantly younger from Mitch McConnell, about 30 years younger than him. She was married in 2009. And she has three children. Uh, she was into sports in high school and college and went to the Naval Academy for college. Uh, from 2002 to, to 2011, um, she served in the Army overseas uh, more than 2,000 hours. She retired from the armed services in 2017 as lieutenant colonel and ran for a, a seat in the House um, in Kentucky in 2018, but lost. Uh, her husband is a lifelong Republican, which I think she's mentioned several times in her ads, right? I believe so. And that's supposed to, like, endear us to her. I don't really understand how, but there it is, folks. And that's Amy McGrath. 
So I'm just dying to know who's going to win. <laughs> I, I can just hear in your voice how, how you're struggling to contain your excitement, Travis. <laughs> okay. Um, so I'm not going to go into a whole lot of detail about Mitch McConnell's chart just because I did an episode on the senators of Kentucky, Mitch McConnell and Rand Paul, uh, a few months ago. So you can go and listen to that episode. It's called The Tortoise and the H-A-I-R Hare. But I will say, I, I, I did sort of look at this chart again just to see if I agreed with my earlier rectification. I think it holds up. So we're going to say he was born at... 4.48 p.m. on February 20th, 1942. Um, he was born in Alabama, but he moved all over the place as a kid. He's in the beginning of his Saturn Dasha right now. Uh, his Saturn makes what's called a Nietzsche Panga Raj Yoga. Uh, again, listen to Astro's Planning 103 if you want to know a little bit more about what that is. Um, but for our purposes, just know that it is a powerful yoga. Um, his Saturn is sitting in the 10th house with Mars, who himself uh, forms another yoga, a Ruchaka yoga, uh, and is active right now because Mars is in the same house as the Dasha Lord Saturn. So we've got a lot going on in this 10th house, um, several good yogas. I, I, there are even some that I didn't mention. However, in his career, Amsha, his Saturn is not happy. He's in a sign that Saturn owns, but he formed a very bad yoga. So that's not great. Let us see how he stacks up with uh, Amy McGrath. So Amy McGrath was born on June 3rd, 1975. And we're gonna say she was born at 9.42 a.m. This gives us an ascendant in Sagittarius and an ascendant point in the nakshatra of Uttara Ashadha. And I like this first house for her because Sagittarius likes sports. And she played a lot of sports as a young woman. And Sagittarius also is an, amb an ambitious sign, as is the nakshatra of Uttara Ashadha. Um, one, well, three traits. Um, that, I will, that I will share with you about Uttara Ashadha that I think are especially relevant here. Uh, number one, there's a link between them and government work. Uh, so the fact that he's now pursuing a political career, I think, makes sense. Two, uh, they are very closely associated with the armed forces. And you know, she kind of spent most of her career um, as a fighter pilot. And then number three, Uttara Ashadha people can, in one way or another, kind of overpower or suffocate their spouses or their children. Uh, I mentioned this in the context of Sarah Gideon, uh, whose husband took her surname, which again, I, I, I feel like, I feel like, like, like a, like a he-man woman hater whenever I mention this detail, like I have some issue with women doing this. I really don't. I think it's actually kind of cool that he took her surname, but I do think that in a, the fact that, you know, she kind of flew in the face of convention in this way is very Uttara Ashadha. That was Sarah Gideon. With Amy McGrath, uh, her husband is a lifelong Republican, as you mentioned, Travis. Um, but on, she ran for office before, uh, I forget, I think she was running for a seat in Congress, uh, in the House of Representatives. And 
he, despite being a lifelong Republican, worked as the, I believe, the treasurer of her campaign or something. So I thought that was interesting um, in the context in her sort of being able to get her husband, a Republican, to kind of put politics aside and work for her campaign. Um, so good for them. Now, do we think she's going to win? So she's got a couple of Dharma Karma Adipati yogas. That's well. She's got a Hamsa yoga. That's well too. However, none of those are really active right now. She's in uh, the very end of her Ketu Deshta. Um, but that ends October 18th, at which point she will begin her Venus Deshta. Uh, so, you know, her Ketu is in the sixth house with the sun and Mercury. Not a great sixth house. And her Venus owns the sixth house, is sitting in the eighth house. So her Venus is just kind of meh. And then looking at her career, I'm sorry, she's got Venus with Mar in the eighth house. That is not good. And so not to belabor the point, because I get the sense that you already kind of saw this coming, Travis. I do not believe Amy McGrath is going to win. I am giving this one to Mitch McConnell. So my follow-up question here, though, Charles. Since is... when do we allow follow-ups? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, she's not going to win, but it sounded like you know, Mitch McConnell's chart was not all daffodils and sunshine. Like, there's going to be, even though he might win his race, there might be other, some other defeat. And are, is, do you interpret that as being uh, the Republicans so, are going to lose? If, if, yes. if we could just, that is an excellent question. And I would like us to return to that at the end of the episode. I see where you're going. And I want okay. to address that specifically at the end of the episode. Oh, <laughs> teaser. Okay. And so if it's all the same to you, why don't we move on to Alabama? First up, the incumbent. He came from Alabama with a banjo on his knee and brass knuckles on his fist. From Fairfield, Alabama, it's Democrat Doug Jones. And our challenger, this former football coach, has just one thing to say. I want to coach America. What was that control room? My apologies, ladies and gentlemen. Apparently that wasn't a soundbite from our challenger. It was a clip from Veep. Anyhow, from Camden, Arkansas, it's Tommy Tuberville. All right. Um, Doug Jones, Democrat Doug Jones, who was the incumbent. Um, crazy that there's a Democratic incumbent in, uh, senator in Alabama. But that's, that's how it is. And then the challenger is Tommy. Is it Tommy Tuberville or Tommy Tuberville? Despite how it is spelled, it is Tuberville. Another alliterative name here. All right, Doug Jones. He's a civil rights lawyer, famous for trying civil rights era cases uh, like the 1963 Birmingham church bombing case. Interesting. All right. 
and was assist, assistant U.S. attorney from 1980 to 1984, uh, and then U.S. attorney for Northern Alabama from 97 to 2001. He is married. He has three children, the most famous of which is his thirsty gay son, who, if you're on, if you're gay and you're on social media, you've probably seen him shirtless. Right. And, and, unless your name is Charles, the friendly neighborhood astrologer, in which case you have no idea what this person looks like. That is insane. Anyway, um, Doug Jones has a sister who's also in politics. And that's, that's DJ. All right. Tommy Tuberville. He has been married twice. He has two sons with a second wife. And of course, he was a football coach. <laughs> because if you're a football coach in the South, you're like a king, right? It's a qualification for anything. If you're a football coach, you can get any job. That is actually, I'm really glad that you compared him to a king, and you're going to see why I say that when we talk about his chart. Please continue. All right. Uh, so it says good track record, but resigned or was fired from Auburn in 2008 after a really bad season. I guess we don't know what really what happened in terms of his employment there. Uh, while he was at Ole Miss, he took a stand against fans waving the Confederate flag. Okay. Uh, that's off brand for him, for the Republicans, <laughs> rather. <laughs> Notice how like we we don't have a lot to say about him because we're homos trying to talk about a man who's like deep in the world of sports, right? Um, I, I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> All right, I'm just gonna let you I, I, talk about more of his bio while you go over his chart. So there it is. Who's gonna win this race? Okay. So. I actually am going to issue a correction because in part two of our Senate SmackDown, I said that the hardest race um, that I was going to call was the South Carolina race between Lindsey Graham and Jamie Harrison. And that's not true. I mean, that was a really difficult race to call. This one is even harder. Oh, my gosh. This one is even harder. And I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. So I looked at Doug Jones's chart first. Born May 4th, 1954 in Fairfield, Alabama. And I see an exalted Saturn in the 10th house. I see an exalted sun. I see an exalted moon sitting in the fifth house with Venus. And the moon is exalted in Taurus, which is a sign that Venus owns. So, you know, we've got one, two, three, four planets that are either exalted or in their own sign. That is very good news. Like that's, that's, that's big. And then on top of that, we've got not one, but two extremely rare, extremely special yogas in this chart. So the first of them is the Madanga yoga. And, you know, before I saw Doug Jones's chart, the, I, the only three people that I knew of off the top of my head that had this yoga, and I've looked at a lot of charts, are Melissa Etheridge, Roy Orbison, and Bruce Springsteen. Of those three, only Bruce Springsteen had 
a perfectly formed Madanga yoga. Because it's so rare and like you have, it's like made up of so many pieces, you, we can kind of allow some minor deviations. But Bruce Springsteen, the boss, has it 100%. And so does Doug Jones. And it's a yoga that just sort of brings prominence in general. I mean, it's a very, it's a big deal, this yoga. And then on top of that, we've got a yoga that's like so rare and so complicated that I don't even think it has a name. Phil Spector, the musician who I think is still in prison, has this yoga. And I just call it the Phil Spector yoga because I don't know what else to call it. But Doug Jones has it too. Now to get these yogas, uh, you need to have a Capricorn Ascendant. And well, I like the Capricorn Ascendant for Doug Jones for a couple of reasons. Um, And then within that sign of Capricorn, I I think the Nakshatra of Uttara Ashadha really works for Doug Jones. But the other reason that I like this ascendant for him is that if you play around with Amshas a little bit, you land on uh, a birth time of 12.05 a.m. And I like this a lot because it's right in the middle of a small window of time in which the moon on this day was in the nakshatra of Kritika before it moves into Rohini, uh, which is a sign that I don't really think reflects Doug Jones at all. But Kritika does, not as much as Uttara Shadha, so it's not his ascendant nakshatra. But uh, the lunar nakshatra also helps sort of explain a person's personality. And there are several Kritika traits uh, in Doug Jones. Uh, he had an eye injury, I believe, when he was in, in high school, required stitches. His son uh, was very disappointed in him when he voted to confirm Mike Pompeo to be Secretary of State because Doug Jones' son is gay and Mike Pompeo doesn't like gay people. And uh, the reason Doug Jones did this is, despite how his son felt, Doug Jones believed that the people of Alabama, being very conservative, would expect their senator to show at least some measure of goodwill toward the Republican president, no matter how illegitimate he may be, right? And these complicated, contradictory motives behind why Kritika people do the things that they do are Kritika trait. And then, of course, there are the explosions, right? These explosions that seem to have marked Doug Jones's life in pretty profound ways. Like one, there's the uh, Birmingham church bombing, uh, which he prosecuted years after the fact. Uh, he also made a name for himself by prosecuting a man who bombed an abortion clinic. Uh, and even 9-11. Apparently in 2001, he wanted to run for Senate, but he decided not to after 9-11 happened because he figured, probably rightly so, that it would be very difficult for a Democrat to challenge a Republican, an incumbent Republican in deep red Alabama right after 9-11 at a time when the whole country uh, was really sort of embracing uh, Republican President George W. Bush. So there are lots of critical traits that I do not think apply to him. I mean, Doug Jones is not a Roger Marshall. He's not a Tom Tillis. But I do think he has enough of these to justify putting his moon in Kritika, and so this helps us land on 1205, which gives rise to all these lovely yogas. Let us talk about Tommy Tupperville. So, I had a, I had a lot of fun. Well, that's not, fun is not exactly 
the right word because I don't do sports. But Tommy Tuberville is an interesting character um, in part because, so Doug Jones had four planets that were either exalted or in their own sign. With Tommy Tuberville, we've got a moon that is exalted. We have a Jupiter that is exalted in the fourth house, a Mercury that's in his own sign. We've got a Venus that's in her own sign and a Saturn who is exalted. So we've got five planets that are either exalted or in their own sign. That's one more than Doug Jones has. And this number is important because it is said that if you have five planets that are exalted or in their own sign in your birth chart, you will be king. We've got an ascendant in the Kshatra of Parani um, because we're gonna say he was born at 8.05 PM. And Parani, I don't think is an Kshatra I've really talked about on this show before. Um, but just like a few things about it. So they like sports, so check, because this is like a big time football coach person. Barney people are associated with removing themselves from situations um, occasionally due to like humiliation or scandal. He sort of left Auburn University's football team after a really bad season and it's not really clear if he was fired or if he resigned. Um, my favorite, story about him though, sort of taking himself out of a situation is that he, back in 2012, um, was trying to recruit some, I guess, high school football players to go play for Texas Tech. So they're like, they're at dinner at some restaurant. He's like singing the praises of Texas Tech saying you all should come and play for us. He gets a phone call. The phone call was, I don't know, some university in Cincinnati offering him a coaching job. So he just never went back to the table. He told Cincinnati, that's it, I'll take it. The job is mine. And he never, he never went back. Um, for all I know, those poor high schoolers are still sitting at that table wondering where he went. Barney people are known for sort of developing their skills, you know, the most they possibly can, and then sort of like hiring themselves out, hiring those skills out to the highest bidder, right? Like a sort of a mercenary kind of mindset. And you can see this really clearly in another one of these stories about Tommy Tuberville, who, while coaching at Ole Miss, said to someone, you know, I love this job. They're going to have to carry me out of here in a pine box. And then the, the next week he announced he was leaving for, to go to Auburn. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I, I love I, I, I really had a ball reading about some of this man's exploits. So um, he's, like, he's like a cop clone. Right. So, so we're going to actually talk about Trump in a second, uh, but um, because it's it's his relationship with Trump is somewhat complicated. Um, because they're both full of shit. <laughs> they're both of they are. They're both bullshitters. <sighs> Goodness, Travis after dark, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. <laughs> um. Just a couple more things about Pyrene people, um, nurturing and parenting. Uh, I wasn't really sure if this one was going to fit, but I did some some reading and like his, the, 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 the I don't even know what you call them, his players, the people that he coached said, <laughs> oh, I don't know what, I don't know what you call them. I'm gay. I don't know. Like, but he was like a father figure to a lot of them. He seemed to really care about them, which is why 
some of them now are really kind of confused listening to his to Tuberville's pro-Trump rhetoric because you know a lot of them are people of color, a lot of them are immigrants, and you know Trump doesn't care about people of color or immigrants, right? So there's that. We can talk about his chart really quickly. He's, his net worth apparently is $10 million and his chart um, has an excellent example of what is called a Tana Yoga, uh, which in itself brings lots of money with it, uh, especially if certain other conditions obtain, which they do here. So he's, you know, wealthy guy. Wait, wait, can we just pause here for a second and just acknowledge the fact that this man has made millions of dollars by just like directing people how to play a game while we have educators who are working as adjuncts and starving to death and like just barely making it by and who have spent years like uh, cultivating their teaching and instilling in people, you know, values. And this is, this is America, people. So here we are. Travis, could I ask you something? <laughs> yes, what? Why do you hate America? <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, yeah, I said I was going to say something about Trump um, and Tuberville. So Tuberville kind of learned... He kind of took a page out of the Mark Sanford playbook. I don't mean that he like flew down to Argentina to have an affair. I mean that he tried to be like one of these principled Republicans and like said kind of openly like what he thought about Trump and he made some criticisms of uh, criticisms about Trump. This was at the very beginning of his campaign. But then he realized that as much as the good people of Alabama love their football, they love their racist compromised president even more. And so he started spouting pro-Trump rhetoric to whomever would listen. Uh, he did a complete 180 on the criticisms that he had made about Trump before. It's disgusting. So who's going to win, right? So we've got Doug Jones with his four really great planets and, you know, He's in his Saturn-Rahu period. Saturn and Rahu are in a nice relationship in terms of their nakshatras. Saturn is very strong in his career amsha. You know, there's like a lot of good in Doug Jones's chart. We got Tommy Tuberville with five planets that are exalted or in their own sign. Um, Shasha Yoga, Hamsa Yoga, Malabi Yoga. Um, his, he's in his Mercury moon period right now. Mercury is in Hasta. The moon is in Mirga Shirsha. Those Nakshatras are in a nice relationship as well. Mercury is in a good house in the career Amsha, although he has a, an aspect from Mars, which is not good. And so, Travis, I am stumped. I don't know who is going to win. And so, I'm going to suggest that we do something that... I've never done on Astro's Plane before. We're going to use Prashna to see if we can come up with an answer to this question of who is going to win the Alabama Senate race. And Travis, you're going to help me with that. Me? Yes. This is not staged, ladies and gentlemen. I did not tell Travis we were going to do this. I wasn't really entirely sure we were going to do this until just now. Let's see what happens. So the question is, will Doug Jones win the Alabama Senate race. Travis, if you please, pick a number between one 
and 108. Eight. All right. By picking the number eight, Travis, you have... All right, given us an ascendant of Aries. Okay. So how does this work? We are going to look at the first house of this chart, and we're going to see whether benefic planets, good planets, or malefic planets, bad planets, have a predominant influence. If benefic planets, good planets, have a predominant influence on the ascendant, the answer is yes. If malefic planets, bad planets, have a predominant influence on the ascendant, then the answer is no. Okay. So we've got Aries in the ascendant. Mars is in Aries right now. So we've got Mars in Aries. Okay. Mars is malefic. However, Mars owns Aries. So we can count this as a, as a good planet for this case. So one, one check in the yes, Jones is going to win column. All right. What else is affecting this ascendant? We've got Jupiter in Sagittarius right now in the ninth house. From the ninth house, Jupiter aspects the ascendant. So this is another check in the yes, he is going to win column. Are there any malefic influences on this ascendant? There are not. And so, and I got to say, I am a little surprised by this. <laughs> I'm giving this one to Doug Jones. I'm giving it to the Democrats. Okay, so my immediate reaction here, I, you know, having known a, a math teacher or two in my day, I needed. I think you need to check your work. <laughs> um, because this is crazy. I am. I, I don't. I try not to do this very often, but I am just looking at the polls here. There is not a single poll on record that I can find showing uh, Doug Jones leading Tommy Tuberville and moreover uh, sorry Tuberville and moreover Tuberville has very a very healthy lead on him sometimes by up to like 15 points I mean but this is 2020 anything can happen right I'll be fascinated to see how this turns out I mean this and this is why I wanted to do the the Alabama race last because I just I, I had no idea how it was going to come out because they the gentlemen both have such such strong charts which is not surprising right I mean you know Tommy Tupperville you know is this big impressive football coach or whatever and then Doug Jones you know had this impressive legal career and then became a Democratic senator from Alabama I mean you got to have some serious mojo going for you to do that. So it's not surprising that they would both have these great charts, but I mean, they were so similarly matched. Like I, I, you know, I had to use Prashna and Prashna leads me to believe that Doug Jones somehow is going to pull this one out. I can't believe it. So we've done nine races now. Um, let us recap and see where we are, right? Because the Democrats need at the very least to pick up three seats and not lose any. Um, so what races did we do, Travis? We did Iowa, that right. went for the Democrats.
Let's start from the beginning. So Kansas, we said Republican. South Carolina, we said was Democrat. <laughs> All right. Iowa, Democrat. Um, Montana, Republican. Mm-hmm. Colorado, Democrat. Uh-huh. Maine, Maine, Democrat. Uh, Kentucky, Republican. North Carolina, Democrat. Alabama, who knows? And Democrat. South Carolina, South Carolina, Democrat. Yep. So what is what is that? What is that tally? One, two, three, four, five, six of these nine races going to the Dems. And then there are those that that were supremely confident on, like uh, Arizona, right? Exactly, where it looks like Martha McSally is going to get her butt kicked, which makes me very happy because I don't like Martha McSally. Okay. And so, um, and here I guess we can go back to the question that you started to ask earlier when we were talking about Mitch McConnell, which is even if he wins re-election, do we see anything unfortunate happening to him career-wise after he wins the election in November? And I... I mean, if these predictions are correct and the Democrats take the Senate, then he, he won't be a uh, majority leader anymore. So that's something. And quite, and, you know, honestly, I'm not even sure they would make him minority leader. Like he might, he might, I don't know, this might be his fall from grace. Well, he's 78 years old, right? Oh, so. yeah. P.S. That reminds me. And I was I didn't I didn't set out looking for this, but I think he's going to die in 2023. So let's put that on our calendars and let's see. <laughs> Not like you're anticipating it or anything. Right. Far be it for me to revel in another human being's demise. OK, well, that would be interesting. And now just to clarify, do you think he'll he'll want to be my more minority leader and be just be pushed out? Or is it like he's just realizes the game's over? Let me just let someone else take over. I don't think he will ever not want to have power. He was born under an Akshatra uh, that is that is, that is defined by its ambition. He will never not want to have power. Okay, well, that will be interesting to see if he does get pushed out and who will do it. Whew. Oh, gosh. Yeah, which of the Republicans will take over? I mean, they're all trash, so, you know. Let's see. Well, Travis, I can't believe this is the end of the road. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> this is, you started it. You started it, all right? Um, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. Hint, hint. <laughs> I don't. I don't even want to think about what you might mean. I'm. I'm tired, Travis. I, <laughs> this SmackDown took almost every ounce of my will to live. We have to give a cliffhanger so people will come back, right? Oh gosh. Well, I do have something planned. Um, it was actually the suggestion of a listener who wrote to me asking for this, and I think it's a fabulous idea. Uh, so stay tuned. <laughs> How's that? I love it.
And there you have it. Nine races, 18 candidates, and one very tired astrologer. You can email me at astrosplained at gmail.com with any questions you might have regarding the show or to suggest episode topics. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at astrosplained, and you can rate and review the show so people can find us more easily or just tell your friends about us. And speaking of friends, a big, big thank you to my dear friend Travis, without whom the smackdown would not have been possible. And I think that's it. Actually, scratch that. So Travis and I recorded part three of the SmackDown episode the evening of September the 4th. It's now the morning of September the 6th. And while I was out walking my dogs, I realized that there are a few interpretive techniques that I did not use when I was looking at these Senate races. Uh, because usually they're not necessary. Um, they are sort of like a garnish on top of, of, a, of a dish. Like they're, they're nice um, and, and sometimes can be helpful, uh, but they're not sort of an astrologer's go-to tools. But in the case of Doug Jones and Tommy Tuberville, whose birth charts using the techniques that I always use seemed so equally matched, I thought... Maybe it would be interesting to dust off some of these additional techniques and see if they provide any additional insight. Um, So, one thing that I looked at was the Drekana charts for Doug Jones and Tommy Tuberville. Um, The Drekana chart is an Amsha chart based on dividing the 12 houses of the birth chart into thirds. Anyhow. Uh, doing that, Doug Jones is the Shah Lord, Saturn, depending on one analysis, is in a not-so-swell Drekana. On another analysis, it's in a very good Drekana, so it's a bit of a mixed bag. His book, T-Lord Rahu, in a good Drekana. Okay, swell. Uh, in the case of Tommy Tuberville, uh, his Dasha Lord... Mercury and his book T Lord Moon are both in decent to good Drekadas. So based on this, the balance shifts maybe a little bit towards Tommy Tuberville. But if we look at what are called Shastiamshas, the definition of which I'm not gonna bore you with, um Basically, it's, it's, a te- it's a technique, it's a calculation that gives you a word, a one-word uh, description of what a dasha or bukti will be like. Uh, and so I tried to do this for Doug Jones and Tommy Tuberville's dasha lords to see what we come up with. Um, and I did the same for their bukti lords. For Doug Jones, his Saturn and Rahu, his Dasha and Bukti lords, respectively, are in very positive Shastiyamshas. Right? Both of them are benefic. Cool. Tommy Tuberville. His Dasha lord Mercury is in a malefic Shastiyamsha. And his moon is in a very good one. So, looking at this, the balance shifts back towards Doug Jones, I would say. 
So then, and, and the thing about the Drekanas and the Shastiyamshas is, let's say I've got their birth times wrong by a little bit. These results, the Drekana and Shastiyamsha analysis would be the same. Like, even if their ascendants are not what I said their ascendants are, the Drekana and Shastiyamsha analysis is the same. So, that's well. The third technique that I used really does rely on having an accurate birth time, so, you know, keep that in mind. Uh, but it works like this. Uh, you do a comparative na- analysis of the two people's dasha lords across 13 amshas. Uh, you've probably heard me talk about, like, three or four amshas in the course of Astro's Plane. There are a lot more than that. Um, and we don't need to know what most of them are, uh, but just know that there are many, and we use 13 of them for this analysis. And it works like this. You go Amsha to Amsha, and you see where a Desha Lord is. The, give the person a point if the Desha Lord is in a friend's sign, if it's in its own sign, or if it's in its sign of exaltation. And you take a point away if the Desha Lord is in its enemy sign or its sign of debilitation. And, uh, oh, and you can't give more than three points um, for being in a friend's sign, right? So doing that, we've, so we're looking at 13 Amshas. If we do this for Doug Jones, we see that his Desha Lord Saturn gets six points out of 13. That's very good. Um, it, there's a word for six out of 13. It's uh, Parvata, that means like the best of everything. So, you know, not bad at all. And then if we do this for Tommy Tuberville, we get a three out of 13, which is not, which is not bad, but it's worse than six. So, you know, again, we're, I would say back squarely in the Doug Jones column. So I say, okay. All right. So I write all of this down. I look at my notes from the episode from Friday night, uh, as well as my notes from everything that I just described here in this little coda. And I think to myself, okay, who has the stronger Desha Lord? If we call everything else a wash, who has the stronger Desha Lord? With Doug Jones, his Desha Lord Saturn is exalted in a good house. He owns the first house and the second house. Those are two good houses. If we look at Tommy Tuberville, his Desha Lord Mercury is in his own sign of Virgo, and that's swell, because that's also where he's exalted. But he's in the sixth house, he owns the sixth house, and he owns the third house, and those are two not-so-good houses. And then looking at this, you know, Amsha comparison where Doug Jones's Saturn is considerably stronger than Tommy Tuberville's Mercury, I'm thinking maybe that Prashna was right and Doug Jones actually is going to somehow pull this out. But I still wasn't 100% convinced. My very, uh, another very dear friend of mine tells me that I really should be more confident in my predictions. Um, and maybe he's right. But I thought, why not, since we already broke all the rules and used a prashna in a show that's about natal astrology, why don't we really think outside the box and do a tarot reading? 
this is not a tarot podcast, uh, so, I'll, but, so I won't sort of go into the methodology and what cards actually came up. I will just say that when I asked the cards, is Doug Jones going to win this race? They said yes. With the caveat that it may not look like that now, and it may not look like he will win on election day, but eventually he is going to be the winner. So having said all of that, I stand by this prediction as far out and wackadoodle as it seems. I think somehow Doug Jones is going to be reelected. Hooray! And so, for real this time, I'm Charles, your friendly neighborhood astrologer. Thank you for listening to Astrosplained.